0: everybody this is greg and this is matt and we are record mashup we're excited that you're joining us here for this episode if you haven't already be sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you listen but if you don't have a common place you can listen you can find us on apple uh podcasts itunes spotify all those fun places or more importantly you can check out our youtube channel and watch us record and interact with one another in zoom because it's COVID and everything's digital these days but anyway uh we're excited to have you here with us this week greg uh what's our theme this week
1: so this week we're going to be talking about love so we got valentine's day coming up this episode is actually going to be released after valentine's day but still important to listen to the songs and deal with those so my song that I'll be discussing is If I Ain't Got You by Alicia Keys. Love that song. Matt, what do you got for us?
0: I'm going to do the classic, I Will Always Love You. Uh, we're going to mostly talk about Dolly Parton's story about how she wrote the song, but you know, we'll, t- we'll talk about Whitney Houston's version too because how can you talk about that song and not mention Whitney Houston?
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> so let's dive into it. Uh, I Will Always Love You. This was a song that was written by Dolly Parton. Uh, she recorded it on June 12th, 1973, and it was released on March 11th, 1974 on the Jolene album, which I think was, I didn't actually and t- take a note of this, but I think it was like her 13th or 14th studio album. Um, so she, she had re- really several albums before then, but in many ways, this album was really kind of the, the real launch to her solo career, so to speak, I suppose um, you could say. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh,
1: I, I just realized down. Dolly Parton has like 50 CDs.
0: Yeah, she's released a lot of, I mean, it's, think it's, about it. She's, a lot of them
1: are Christmas albums too, but like, Jesus. Yeah, so many. well,
0: if you think about it, I mean, she's been recording for 50, uh, not quite 60 years, but uh, well, maybe she's what in her 70s. Um, she's five.
1: So she's been.
0: Yeah, probably about first
1: 50, CD, 55 67. years. 67. So yeah, what, that's 60 years.
0: Yeah. Almost, on, yeah.
1: almost. 60. Going, on, going on 60 years, about 53 50, 50 years. years.
0: Yeah. So, um, uh, so yeah, so she's, she's, uh she's been around for a while and still, still to this day, huge superstar that, you know, draws well when you can have concerts draws thousands and thousands of people every year. And really, really, is just a huge, huge star that I think expands even just beyond country music. I mean, Dolly Parton has done a lot of great things. Um, her imagination library,
1: uh, Dollywood,
0: if you've ever been to the Smoky mountains, that's like her, her stomping grounds. <laughs> I didn't realize like how much she's done
1: until like, I don't know, two years ago.
0: Yeah, it's insane. Like she's got her hand in like everything, and she helped fund the Moderna vaccine. So, you know,
1: she's got a special on Netflix that she created too. She's like a co-star in it. Uh huh. She's not the main actress, but uh, she's got a thing on Netflix that like tackles different issues and stuff.
0: Cool. Yeah, Dolly Parton's awesome. Love Dolly. (laughs) How can you not? Um. All right. So anyway, so uh, this song, there's actually a really interesting story to this one. I love songs that have good stories. So we got to go back a little bit. This was, as we were saying, this is when she was first starting out her career. She was in her early 20s and she had just released a song called Dumb Blonde. It's the name of the song, Dumb Blonde, which I think is kind of funny because if you know anything about Dolly Parton, and I don't know how you could not, you know, she's got really long blonde hair. Um and she is not dumb by any means, but I think it's kind of a fun (laughs) play on words in in terms of her own personal appearance. Uh but anyway, so she had just released this song called Dumb Blonde. It was kind of really her first semi big hit. Got got a little bit of time on the airwaves. And she actually performed the song on a television show. I'm I'm not exactly sure which one. Uh, But anyway, uh, country music artist, Porter Wagner, who at the time was a huge country star, saw her TV performance of this song and gave her a call and asked if she'd want to come on to his show. He had his own show called The Porter Wagner Show. She agreed, came on the show, and Dolly was a huge hit. Fans loved her, etc. Well, he ended up asking her, he being Porter Wagner, ended up asking Dolly if she would be willing to come on and work on his show full time. And he offered her $60,000 a year, which in 1967 was a ton of money. That's about, I did the math on it's about $450,000 a year in today's terms.
1: That's insane.
0: <laughs> yeah. Crazy. I mean, you know, she hadn't, she, you know, she had a few singles that were kind of big, you know, this dumb blonde song, but it didn't, you know, it wasn't like a number one hit or anything. So to just, you know, to, to get offered 60 grand to come on and, you know, do a nightly show uh, singing is just, it's crazy. Um, so anyway, so she agreed to come onto the show and she, at the time she said, you know, I'll do this for five years. I'm going to come on the show for five years. And, and she did. And and supposedly, she actually initially was not a hit on the show. There had been another female artist that Porter had named Norma Jean, who had been kind of the lead female in Porter Wagner's show and was was loved by all the fans. And for whatever reason, she she was the one that left and was you know her spot is who you know Dolly ended up filling. And so initially, fans didn't really take to Dolly too much. They they still wanted to see Norma. So it took a little bit of time for for Dolly to kind of for fans to come around to to Dolly being the the female face of the show, if you will, and, and voice of the show. Yeah, could you imagine Wheel of Fortune without Vanna White? No, it's crazy. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter who's gonna take that spot whenever Vanna White retires or whatever. But yeah, it's gonna be. Well, it's uh, we're seeing it now with Jeopardy, right? I mean, you know, with Alex Trebek passing. Yeah. And and you know, uh, Ken Jennings has been. Uh, I love Jeopardy so. <laughs> uh but Ken Jennings and Ken I think Ken's been doing a great job. But it's still it's that, you know, Alex Trebek did it for so long that anybody that steps into that role I think is going to have that is going to be battling the nostalgia of fans,
1: I think is probably Yeah. You know, I, I think it's happened enough to shows like The Tonight Show or whatever like those where they've had enough turnover on those so it's not as much of a shock as it is to like yeah. Those other shows that have had someone there for
0: 50 years. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I definitely think that's true. Although, I, of course, when Johnny Carson left The Tonight Show, I think that was still pretty tough. But still, that was, what, Whoa. 30 years ago now? <laughs> who, was he the one who started The Tonight Show? No, there was uh, there was somebody before Johnny Carson. Was it Jack Parr? Is that his name? I'm blanking out here. I think we're getting a little bit sidetracked. <laughs> Yeah, I um I think it was Jack Parr. Hold I gotta look this up now. It yeah, was, here I'll help
1: you.
0: Yeah, Jack Parr. I was right. Okay. Um and actually even before that, you had a guy named by the name of Steve Allen. He was the original host. You had Steve Allen, then actually you had like three other people, random people that were on there for a short stint. Then you had Jack Parr, then Johnny Carson and then obviously after johnny carson you had jay leno yeah um but anyway um back to i will always love you so all right so so Dolly parton's on the show with with porter wagner Uh, she had agreed to be there for five years well seven years goes by by this point the, the fans love her and she's ready to to really kind of go out on her own and really start to focus on her solo career you know up until this time, she'd been under Porter's shadow. They'd had some some hits come out that they'd recorded together, but she was ready to go out on her own. And so it'd been seven years. She had promised five, and she you know she told Porter, "Look, I'm ready to go out on my own." And, and Porter didn't want her to leave. They kept butting heads, as she would say, on on the issue of whether or not she she you know if it was okay for her to leave the show. Which you know we could <laughs> we could get into that whole argument, but we're gonna we're gonna move on. And, but she, she knew what she wanted to do. And so she went home one evening and she did what she did best. She wrote a song. She comes in the next morning, she goes into Porter's office and she plays a song for her, for him. And the song was, I will always love you. And so this song was written, a lot of people think of it as a breakup song, which is ironic we're talking about love, <laughs> but, but that's exactly not what it was. Um, it, it was, it was a breakup song but in a professional sense. Yeah. And she was trying to say, like, I, I'm always going to love you. I'm always going to be appreciative of what you've done and helping me launch my career. And because of that, I will always love you, but I need to take that next step in my journey. And and that's that's where she was coming from when she wrote this song. And reportedly, uh, Porter Wagner, when he heard the song, he apparently started crying in his office. And he, he finally understood where she was at. And he said, "You know what? You're right, Dolly. I'm supportive of you in this on one condition." And he wanted to produce her next record, <laughs> and it had to include this song because he said it was the best song he'd ever heard her sing. And hmm. so that's what happened. He, uh, you know, Dolly left the show, and Porter produced her next uh, next album, which was the Jolene album that included "I Will Always Love You" on it. So. I think I love the story. I think it's a classic, you know, country music story background. Um, you know, you heard from this era of country music and, um, and the song is fantastic. Um, will we'll get into the lyrics in a second, but, um, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the Whitney Houston song or uh, version. So, uh you know, Dolly Parton's version comes out. It's a big hit. She actually re-recorded a, a second version of the song um, for a film that came out uh, in the 80s. Um, again, was a big hit. And then we fast forward to 92. Uh, Whitney Houston is fil- uh, starring in a, sh- a movie called The Bodyguard. I think
1: it was her first movie, too, to kind of show that she could be an actress. Yeah, that's... I think or that's actor, name. whatever you want to call her.
0: Yeah, gender and gender. so she... She was actually supposed to sing another song uh, in the movie. Uh, She was supposed to sing a song called, uh, it was a song by Jimmy Ruff, Jimmy Ruffin, uh, What Becomes of the Broken Hearted. But I suppose in filming, or at least before they recorded the song, they discovered that the movie Fried Green Tomatoes had also recorded the song. And I guess maybe the timing, maybe Fried Green Tomatoes was going to come out first or something. And so she said, "Look, I can't record this. Like, we gotta find another song." And someone on the film brought "I Will Always Love You" um, to to her, and she's like, "This is it." You know, or, you know the, the movie team said this is it, and so that's what they recorded. And um, you know, there was a lot of talk at the time about Dolly and Whitney, you know, feuding over who um, or over the song, but both both artists denied that, and they loved each other's versions. And they, um, in fact, Whitney Houston's version won a Grammy in 1994, I think it was. Yes,
1: 1994. Yeah, I, I also read that Dolly Parton, when she first heard it, almost got in a car accident.
0: <laughs> oh, really? I didn't see that. Interesting. Yeah,
1: she, she heard the song and she was like, oh, this sounds familiar. And then it started to get, like, almost a chorus part, and she was like, oh, wait, I know what this song is. <laughs> and then she had to pull over because she almost got, she was like, I almost wrecked the car when oh my gosh. the chorus came on, so I had to pull over and stop the car. And
0: yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I did not see that story. Um, but, yeah, no, it was kind of cool. Apparently, Dolly, when Whitney won the Grammy, Dolly was one of the ones that presented it to her, which is kind of cool. Um.
1: Did you also see that Dolly Parton refused to let other people sing this song? So uh, Elvis Presley wanted to sing it and she refused him. And then uh, I guess people are upset about it or something, but then she let Whitney Houston do it and so was pretty happy. Yeah, it.
0: the Elvis thing, apparently what I read... Elvis was – anytime Elvis wanted to cover a song, you know, if Elvis covers your song, the song was became huge, right? It's Elvis. Um, yeah. Any, anything that man touched with became gold. But it, because he knew that, his requirement was if I record your song, if I cover your song, I want 50% of the royalties or 50% mm. of the um, uh, the songwriting credit or um, – um, I got it here somewhere. Yeah, I think you're talking about just a uh, like publishing like the rights. From the song. Yeah. Yeah, he wanted 50% of the publishing rates. Hmm. Well, Dolly said, No way in hell. <laughs> and uh, and what's funny is because she was later quoted as saying she's so glad she didn't do that deal, because everyone thought she was crazy at the time, but she was so glad she didn't do that deal because after Whitney Houston recorded it. She made so much money off the royalties of Whitney Houston's version that she jokes she could buy Graceland. <laughs> so anyway, I think it's kind of funny. It's kind of how everything comes full circle. Um, anyway, we've skipped over. I haven't even talked about the lyrics, although I've kind of talked about them in a roundabout way. Yeah, we can but, we
1: can jump into that and then jump into more song facts <laughs> afterwards, too, because yeah. your, your
0: song has a lot going. Yeah, for, there's a ton of stuff going uh, on this instead song. of mine. Uh, lyrics are actually, I've, I've actually kind of talked about the lyrics a little bit, at least what the song is about. Um, but you know, the first verse, she's talking about how she um, would only be in his way. And again, remember, she's talking, she's writing this to Porter Wagner, that if she stays, she's only going to be in his way, and she's going to continue to hold him back. He's going to hold her back. Um, but you know, she's so she says quite clearly, I'm going to leave, um, but she'll always be appreciative and think of him and how everything. That he's done for her to get to where she is at this point in her career. And then it jumps into the to the chorus, which we hear several times throughout the song, which you know the, I will always love you and um and so forth. The second verse, the second verse, I think in my mind, is really the verse where it kind of um gets a little deeper, I think, about her feelings. So I think the first verse is she's saying, This is what I'm gonna do. I've decided I'm gonna leave. But then we get to the second verse, and she's saying, you know, I'm always going to have bittersweet memories of our time together. I'm going to always cherish that. And, but it's really time. It's, it's time for me to go. It's the best for both of us. And and I think the second verse is where she's really kind of expressing her emotions. So the first verse, she said, this is my decision. Second verse is, this is how I feel about it. Um, And then, and then again, we get into the chorus, um, you know, just reiterating that she's always going to love him. And then the bridge, you know, it's kind of like, this is the closing. This is, this is her saying goodbye. She says, You know, I wish you well. Um, I hope that you find joy and happiness, you know, as we go our separate ways. And just remember, I always love you. Um, and I kind of like that that arc uh, when we look at the verses, how it's, you know, decision. Here's how I feel about it. And then the kind of the resolution to the story. And um, I just think it's really well written. And as Porter Wagner said, I actually think this is one of Dolly's best songs. Um, that she she's ever written yeah so
1: and and i find it funny because like people have this at weddings and things like that yeah not understanding what the song is actually saying
0: yeah i but at the same time i think i think it is a song about love right i mean it's
1: yeah but it's more it's not like hey we're getting together it's hey we're separating ways yeah i so I don't think it's like a wedding song. Yeah, that's you listen fair. Listen to the whole song.
0: I think people get stuck on the chorus though. I think that's why. Yeah. They they, they and us be real this is how most people listen to songs. And because of the chorus you hear two or three times of the song each verse you only hear once. Yeah. Um so, you know, and the chorus is I'm always going to love you, right? So I think that's what people always remember taking away from the song, but but yeah, it is. It is a song about going separate ways, amic- amicably. Yeah. Um, but and Porter was still very, very uh, supportive of her career. I mean, he produced her next several albums. She, she did so. Um, you know, it wasn't. You know, this song allowed them to end things on good terms, which I think is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, that's basically the song. I love the song. Um, we've talked about number of things it it hit this was kind of a cool fact hit number one in three consecutive decades so you had the 70s the 80s and the 90s of course the 90s was the Whitney Houston version and then Um, I
1: think in 2010 it was or 2011 it also hit the charts because that was that was like right before she died too yes
0: yeah, sounds, or yeah, it was probably right after she died. I would yeah, imagine, she
1: died around. in 2012, and it was either 2010 or 2011 where it hit the chart again. Gotcha. Whitney Houston's version. Yeah. There, this is another one of those songs that we have, like the Michael Jackson songs and things like that, where we have just so many song facts about it that we can't cover everything, or it'll be an hour episode just on one song.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm sitting here skipping over stuff, but yeah, um,
1: there, there's a lot a lot of different things. It's number one in many countries.
0: Just I do one thing I think is really worth noting, the Whitney Houston version apparently is the number one selling single by a female artist of all time. Which I think really? is yeah, which I think is um it's insane. That's crazy.
1: That is also I would just like to say the for the Whitney Houston version um, there there was one thing where talking about how she was covering the, a country song which hadn't been done before in R&B she was also this was the early 90s so I don't know how many movies around that time were like interracial couple type things so that was the movie she was in with the bodyguard with Kevin Costner she was in a relationship with him and it was like one of her first acting roles where, where she was kind of trying to prove herself that she, she can also act, you know? So there's yeah, kind of, kind of a lot of stuff going on with the Whitney Houston version there as well.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. There's, um, you know, the other thing I was going to say too, if, if you want to hear more about, um, this song uh told by dolly parton you know a lot more of the background with her and porter and she goes into a lot of the details of the relationship there's a really good podcast called dolly parton's america that was uh produced by wnyc studios um highly recommend you look it up i think this this song they discuss i think the second episode of the podcast second or third uh, episode um but the whole the whole podcast series it's it's like a little mini series is really good and and Dolly is actually interviewed throughout it and it really kind of digs a little bit more into Dolly's background and if you like Dolly Parton I I and haven't listened to that podcast highly recommend it it's uh, I think it's like eight or nine episodes maybe but really well done no. yeah so. were there uh, any other facts that you wanted to cover for this song. I'm sure we could find something, but uh, for the sake of time, we'll uh, <laughs> let's jump into Alicia Keys. Hey,
1: everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode is brought to you by the NBA Store. A new year brings the start of a new NBA season. Suit up with the latest gear to show your support for your team. We may be sidelined from going to the arena, but that doesn't mean you can't watch basketball from your couch in style. We are teaming up with the NBA and PodGo to bring your, our listeners up to 75% off on select items. Yes, you heard that right. Go to podgo.co forward slash NBA for up to 75% off select items from the NBA store. The NBA where amazing happens. Oh, all right. Alicia Keys. Oh man, this is one of my like first like celebrity crushes, man. Like, well, I guess not, I guess not first. Like, cause I probably well, was like 12 when her first album came out or something like that, or eleven. So I definitely had celebrity crushes before her. But man, huge celebrity crush on Alicia Keys. I mean, how could you not, though? I mean... She's got a great singing voice. Um, Yeah. at, At least from what I've seen, she's like a decent person and all that stuff. So huge
0: celebrity crush. She was on The Voice for a while, too, wasn't she? Wasn't she a judge on The Voice? I don't remember if she was on The Voice or not. I think she was on for a little bit.
1: Yeah. But... Um, so this, uh, this song is off her second studio album, The Diary of Alicia Keys. She had a couple other hits on her, off her first album that were amazing as well. So make sure you check those out too. But getting into the lyrics for the song, it's pretty simple. Starts off talking about how some people, they live for the, the fortune and the fame. They want the power. They, they just want to they want to own everything basically. And they think that material items will get them through to where they want to be. And some people are materialistic like that. Not everyone is though. And eventually material items will kind of fade away, break or they'll lose whatever luster that they have. Right. (laughs) So she talks about um, more how, how people are superficial. They want everything but she doesn't really care for that if she can't have the person that she wants to be with, right? So all those yeah. other things are just bonuses, but they don't really matter, right? Right. Um, kind of going into like other materialistic things of wanting diamond rings and everything else, which diamond rings, sure. That I'm I'm gonna get off step on my high horse you know like just talk about diamond rings those things are diamond rings are useless dumb <laughs> i hate them sure i bought my wife a diamond ring for for uh her engagement ring and for her wedding ring but like come on man like there is one company that owns all diamonds in the world they could set whatever price they want for diamonds and turns out monomal, diamonds, are, yeah. diamonds are worthless you buy them from the store and they're value just appreciates all right
0: yeah back yeah they, the they are they but, are they do have a monopoly and they're actually quite common <laughs> but, yeah.
1: and, and also <laughs> and also like it's a pain to mind for those things i don't know if you've ever seen movies or videos oh or yeah no, a movie called blood diamonds yep um i mean it's a little over the top because it's a hollywood movie but like you can just look those types of movies up or videos or like whatever Yep. okay getting back to the song sorry <laughs> uh getting into the second verse you talk about some people search for a fountain that promises forever young so the fountain of youth basically trying to stay as young as possible for for as long as they want and dreaming of like these three dozen roses and that's the only way that you can prove love to someone is by giving them roses giving them material items making sure that they feel loved materialistically, which for some, some people that is true. There's actually a couple of books, different books. There's one book, uh, the five love languages and material items gifts. That's one of the love languages. So your partner may want material items to feel that they're loved. Other people just like compliments, other people like hugs and are very intimate by being touched different, different love things you know
0: you do you know what your love language is Greg
1: um I'm very basic and if you like my wife tells me I'm handsome every day and I'm like I know like I I got the Harrison Ford Han Solo thing where it's like oh I love you I know you know uh if you don't get that it's Star Wars reference go watch Star Wars and upgrade yourself
0: I all right so Um, full confessional moment you i've never actually never seen star wars, star
1: wars. oh okay so <laughs> it's a quote where princess leia tells han solo princess leia is carrie fisher han solo is harrison ford so she tells him i love you and he's like i know instead of saying i love you back
0: gotcha okay
1: anyway <laughs> it was
0: back um, to alicia Keys.
1: <laughs> i don't know if i have a love language to be honest <laughs> My, my, think- I'm just I'm pretty easygoing. Like I married my wife. Like I know she loves me, so, and I love her. So I don't need to like be told or given yeah. gifts or anything like that. I I exist. I exist for her.
0: So. <laughs> there you go. I he, think there's a test you can take. He absolutely
1: to hates it. <laughs> her love language is me doing the dishes. That like that gets <laughs> that like doing the dishes and doing laundry is like the greatest thing in the universe that I could ever do so that's her diamond ring is me doing the laundry and dishes there you go is she listening no she's not she she's she's actually making dinner right now so there you go
0: (laughs) anyways get back into the
1: second verse so we were talking about the three dozen roses giving material items you could hand her the world on a silver platter but like if the person that she loves isn't there then what does it matter there's nothing to really live for if you can't be with that person that you want to be with it doesn't matter if you can find that fountain of youth or anything and that goes back into the chorus of some people want it all which she has amazing vocals and i would i would say comparatively this song is comparative to your song matt like between Alicia Keys and Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston obviously is very talented vocally, but like Alicia Keys is also, she's there.
0: Yeah, I think I'm jumping ahead a little bit and trying to compare the two songs. But to that point, I think.
1: The chorus is Do- Dolly- very similar with like the energy they put into it.
0: Yeah, the other thing I'll say too, I think Dolly, I didn't say this when we were talking about I will always love you, but I think Dolly Parton's version of the song this is just perhaps my personal opinion, but I think her version of the song, there's a lot of emotion in her version. I think Whitney Houston's version of the song is just power vocals. Like, she's just amazing singing. I would,
1: I would say um, there's a lot of emotion going into the chorus for Whitney Houston's, and the rest of it is less emotional than Dolly Parton's.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um, but what I was gonna say is, I think Alicia Keys kind of brings both of those together, right, in her song. Yeah. Um, with like the powerful vocals and then the emotion behind it, and I just so I guess it's kind of a little bit more of a contrast to compare. But interesting. Yeah, uh,
1: and she she's got the normal music video for it, but she's also got a live performance with uh at the iTunes Festival. That one's really good. Nice. But uh, getting back into the lyrics, it goes into that. And then the outro is the same. So that covers the lyrics. Basically, the message there is understand your love language. Understand that if you're just going to be alone the rest of your life, some people like that, not going to knock those people, but if you're just going to be alone the rest of your life, then what, what does it all matter?
0: Yeah, no, I think I definitely think you're right. And, um, you know, I, but I think it, I think it also, I didn't get the love language thing out of it. So, I, but I, but I appreciate that. Sorry, uh, the too. materialistic
1: thing. That's oh, okay. that.
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And I think, but I think that's the thing that these two songs have in common, right? It's, it's about the relationship. Like that's what love is, right? It's about, it's about nothing else. It's about your relationship that you have. And then you have to be with a romantic relationship right it could be a relationship and you know in dolly's case that was a business relationship yeah absolutely um, just being friends with someone exactly and and you can express love that way and i think um you know we're, we're recording this around valentine's day which you know i always call it it's a, the hallmark holiday um <laughs> um but you know it it's not about you know being with a significant other i mean you can have love for friends you can have love for family um and and those all boil down to your relationship with people and Mm -hmm. i think that that's what love is and i think that these songs both convey that in their own respective ways and i think that that that's a really powerful message i think that these songs send yeah
1: So I'd like to just get into a couple of song facts for If I Ain't Got You. The song was written while she was on a plane after hearing about R&B singer Aaliyah's death. So if you know who Aaliyah is, she was an R&B singer. She died in a plane crash. And she wrote it very quickly on the plane to get like the baseline of the song down. But it took her a very long time after that to actually get the whole song written out so that she understood how she wanted to sing and perform it and everything. And additionally, the song was originally supposed she wrote the song. So she's written songs for herself and for other people, other famous singers. And it was originally supposed to be for Christina Aguilera, who is also an amazing singer. And but she later realized that she wanted to perform it herself and not have someone else perform the song.
0: Yeah. Yeah, hey, I saw that too. She just recently revealed that too. I saw it last year, I think.
1: Oh, was that really recent for that one?
0: Yeah, yeah. She, uh, I think I saw it. They said that that just came out in September of last hmm. year.
1: Yeah, but she's, she's a very talented person. The song charted. Quite a bit. Got number one on the U.S. hot R&B hip hop songs, uh, charted in a couple other countries. Had, let's see, it had a Grammy Award for best R&B vocal performance, MTV Music Video Award for best R&B video, Soul Train Music Awards, Vibe Awards. It's It's got quite a few awards and every, uh, everything on that. that so it's a really good song. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's 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 incredible. I both of these songs. I just think I, I love Alicia Keys. And I love, you know, something hadn't talked about, the piano, her her piano performance in this song. Just that yep. that opening note, you know, or lick or whatever you want to call it. Uh un, I mean it's unmistakable. Um absolutely incredible. And I saw I think there's a musical. Of course, I'm not gonna find this because I actually didn't take this note, but I remember reading. There's some like musical note in the song that's similar to another song that's really famous.
1: Um, um, I didn't see that.
0: Uh Oh yeah. It's um, it, it, the chorus, the, the, the opening hook, if you will, from a, a musical perspective is the same or s- starts out similar to Carol King's you make me feel like a natural woman. Hmm um which i off the list off.
1: of that to uh, verify that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: um so anyway kind of a kind of an interesting connection there so.
1: yeah she also had like multiple different versions of this song too um just like remixed like there's an album version a piano version reggae mix she's got one that has usher on it uh a black eyed peas remix it's been used in multiple like movies and uh tv shows so so it's pretty pretty popular song pretty big
0: yeah absolutely great song too i i love both these songs we we pick some good ones
1: absolutely (laughs) but that's all i have for if i ain't got you by alicia keys matt did you have anything to add for that
0: no no it's uh other than like i said just i I love both these songs they're great
1: all right well would you like to introduce next week's theme then
0: yeah so uh it is february uh which is black history month uh so we thought it would be great to to do a theme centered around that and uh, so i'm going to do a song um, a change is going to come by sam cook
1: greg what song did you pick I have All Black Everything by Lupe Fiasco. It was tough to pick one song for both of us, but we we just had to kind of throw it up in the air and just pick one that stuck. (laughs) Absolutely. But with that, I appreciate everyone tuning in this week, and I'm sorry that we were a little bit late on this episode, but... If you haven't already, please subscribe, leave us a comment. Check us out on YouTube if you're only listening to us on, on our podcasting streams, So CastBox, Apple, Google, any other podcasting services out there. Also, shoot us an email at recordmashup at gmail.com. Let us know what we can do better. Let us know what you think. What's your favorite love song? How is your Valentine's? Do you like Valentine's Day? Is it a hallmark holiday, as Matt said? Also, for the Midwest people, not sure if you know about this, Matt, but do you like Sweetest Day? That's like Valentine's Day for the guy. But let us know what you think about that.
0: Yeah, I have no clue what you're talking about.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'll upgrade you on that. But thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Bye.